0: Discovering lately, I'm a bit crazy for my rugby league team. Now the stage is set for the best season yet, you see.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, the Hoodoo Gurus giving it the old Rugby League go. Love that song. Uh, and uh, Sammy as well. Special place in your heart, is it?
0: Stacey Jones Rugby League. Still remember it. Well, I think Vossi was the commentator on that. He's think, got a well, face think, full of turf for his troubles. I still remember all the little one-liners.
1: It's just great. It's, it's, like, it's like the old, you know, for those who are slightly older, the uh, John Alomu Rugby. Uh, or the, yep. uh, it's like a yep. demented maul in there. Jonah Lomu. Yes, so was, uh,
0: Oh, he's a bit later, but um, I always like the commentators. I, I know the funny thing with that rugby league game when commentary wasn't as flawed, although they haven't really fixed this, but it would be like uh, it's the New Zealand Warriors up against... The Gold Coast Titans, you know, they just insert, <laughs> clearly insert the name in there, which is fine. Um, straight down the hey little
1: little and adds the
0: two. And that was Vossi, and that was my introduction to Vossi, actually, was, was uh, Stacey Jones Rugby League, the video game. They,
1: they always chose Vossi uh, over Ray Warren for a couple of reasons. One, he was energetic, he yep. was uh, younger, hipper, all that type of thing. Also, uh, Rabs hated it. <laughs> of course Rabs did, yeah, and he wouldn't
0: fly to the studio to do the recording.
1: Yeah, uh, I will not hear a bad word said about um, absolutely uh, not. The, the absolute icon that is absolutely Ray Warren. Not. But no, he didn't. He, that wasn't his go. That's all right. He's uh, he's not one to to fake that emotion. Uh, and I, I maintain, as I've said before, Sammy, in my entire journalistic career, the only person I ever asked for a selfie with after uh, after interviewing them, Ray Warren. I'm oh, a bit obliged too. Yeah, he, he was called, a he, lovely man, a he, lovely man.
0: He gave uh, he gave us a message uh, for our wedding. Actually, like I was working uh, on a weekend show at the time, and my host said, "Hey, um, Sammy, here's a big fan of yours, and he's uh, getting married in a couple of weeks. Can you just record him a little message?" And I, we got a message from Ray Warren for yeah, me right. and my wedding. It was quite funny too, but uh, I won't uh, I won't relitigate. But the great <laughs> man.
1: We, uh, and without divulging too far away from where we are. When I went interview him, it was uh, 2008 when the uh, Warriors were and they uh, uh, trying to make the grand final. They got caught by Manly uh, in the penultimate week, uh, and it was uh, a chance to go there to, and talk to uh, Ray Warren. We him at his his favourite country club. I uh, talked all things rugby league. It was wonderful. He said to myself and Harley, the cameraman, he said, uh, "You guys should come up to the to the commentary box during the game." Like 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 hell we're missing that opportunity and uh when when the Warriors boys told them, yeah, you said know, well, what have you been up to you ever since? He said, oh, feed Ray Warren. They go, oh, wow, was it like? And it, I said, I just invited us up to the commentary box. They got flogged. Warriors got flogged by by Manly. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a, a dark mood in the shed. But obviously we went up pre games, so, or and you could tell, like you know. That uh, you know, Gus Goulding and us rubbed their eyes when we came. He's like, "Oh God, it's another rabs charity case." You know, like he's, like, oh, <laughs> he's invited <laughs> somebody else, and so he yeah, took a bit of a sure. look around, and then just kind of got out there let to do their job. Yeah, I went down the sheds afterwards. We were talking to some very depressed players, and once we finished, put the camera down. Michael Witt and Grant Ravelli walked over to me and go, uh, "So, what's it like in the country box, rats? <laughs> 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 you know, like everybody, everybody loves Rams Oh, they Everybody do, loves
0: yeah. rabs. Uh, I, I Mate, co- commentators. Um Notoriously, I use the word notoriously, uh, um, uh, polarizing. You know, some people love certain commentators and some people can't stand them. Rabs is one of the very few that I think is universally liked. I've never met someone who doesn't like Rabs' commentary. Other commentators, people sort of, you know, some they like, some they don't. But Rabs, 100% uh, like ratio as far as I'm aware.
1: Now, we've got uh, some of your texts and calls to get to. We will get to uh, later on with uh, your nominations. Very grateful uh, for that. We will get to those uh, shortly as well as some thoughts on Henry Nichols um, and his selection when we were just talking about before the, uh, the news about where that stands and why New Zealanders seem to want it to seem them fail. Some do, I should say, some do uh, in the national side. But uh, we're sticking with rugby league and it is time to cast our eye back. Uh, we're lucky enough to have SCNZ's voice of rugby league, uh, the man who called the Warriors games with such great aplomb with uh, Mr Tony Kemp this year in Sam Hewitt. And uh, Sam, this year is a year like no other. I've been, I'm have been. i a day one uh, and I have been uh, covering rugby league professionally. Uh, For 22 years, uh, including all the the big moments outside of the the debut uh, game and debut season for the Warriors. Um, And I can tell you there has been no year, no year like this. Yes, the grand finals are bigger, right? Those are memorable, making it to those points. But as far as the way the Warriors captured the public's imagination, it was a movement. This year is unquestionably a movement. The Up the Wires movement will not be forgotten, I'd say ever. By those who experienced it.
0: No, I, uh, and I said this uh, towards the end of the season, I said it is the greatest season in Warriors history and like you, you know, yep, we've been to Grand Finals, we've had some pretty special memories along the way but yet you will never, like you just said, will never be able to replicate what happened in 2023. They captured the nation, sellouts at Mount Smart, they were playing entertaining fun football. It was one of those years that we've been yearning for where even when they lost you were sort of proud and you were happy and you maybe thought we got dudded or we should have won or whatever. Not like you, gone by, Sammy, where you'd lose games and just the fans would be rabid because oh, we don't have this and they're not trying and they're lazy but it's like when we lost, it was was almost like, okay, well, you can't win them all and people still stay really, really positive Um, I think too, you have to, and we did mention this between 12 and 1, you do have to look a little bit back to 2022 um, to paint, paint the scene of, of what maybe was expected this year. So you finish 15th, second to last, one of the tied worst finishes that the Warriors have ever had, not to mention the worst defensive record they've ever had. I think it was the most points they'd ever given up. It was They were league leaders in points against, so they were the worst defensive team in the competition. Then they bring on a new coach and we, we also talked about this earlier in the week. You bring on a new coach, you get optimistic, um, you see a few signings and you think, oh, you know, this, this, this could turn around but then you're reminded of how many times we've said this in the past. Not to mention the fact that um, when you when you look at history, or the history of the Warriors and some of the coaches they have appointed, they sort of have gone out of the box, or they've gone for someone who hasn't coached a first grade before. Whether it was Cappy, or um, you know, going to going to um, guys like Stephen Kearney that hadn't sort of proven themselves at, at um, NRL head coach level, um, they get this guy who's never coached before in the NRL. He's been an assistant coach for years and years, but he's never coached in the NRL. So you're sort of thinking, gee, could this be a classic Warriors? And, you know, we, we, we just, it's all goes belly up. And, and even though we want to see consistency with a coach, you know, how long will he last, et cetera. Um, so that was the scene I think set at the end of 2022 for 2023. Um, and it was almost like first game first game was really encouraging I mean Newcastle I think scored in the first like two minutes down in Wellington something like that I think it was Phoenix Cross really, or something. Yep. and it was like oh my god I said to Kemby I, was like, oh, I wasn't with Kemby actually but I, I said to my co I was like oh my gosh is it going to be here we go again type stuff but um, defensively they held a lot of resolve um, you know Jacks, I, that first game Jackson Ford made a couple of breaks and I thought jeepers who's this kid um, you saw how hard Marata was running you thought Sean's kicking game was was actually pretty good despite the fact that at times we're behind the scoreboard it was like even the first game something something had sort of changed um and then you know as as the season progressed you know things things started to build I will say this semi um I I try not I try not to make this sound pessimistic I just like to be a bit real sometimes and sort of pull things back if you're getting too far away from yourself The Warriors had at a great schedule in 2023 we didn't beat a team inside the top four. Right, we didn't beat Penrith, we didn't beat Brisbane, we didn't beat Melbourne, we didn't beat any of these, any of the bigger names. We cut, we got our bread and butter off the back end of that schedule, where I think we won like 12 of 13 or 14 games or something, you know, in that in the back half of the season against teams that were mostly outside of the outside of the top eight. There were some great wins in there, like beating Cronulla, but they were starting to slide. Beating Parramatta, etc. But um, you know, we we still lacked. The performances against the the big names, um, and we lost to south as well, I remember in the rain at, at um at Mount Smart. So
1: you know Lord against the roosters, there was plenty yeah. of opportunities that that went begging for the Warriors, and there's a ton to work on. and look Sam, you you've always been one to call a, a spade a blunt digging instrument, you, you don't hold back on it. Uh, and, <laughs> but the thing is, Sam, is there anyone who listened to your commentary through the year? It, here's what I'm saying. And I don't mean this as an insult, uh, mate, but you're not the type who's capable of faking enthusiasm. Uh, you, you, don't get exi- you don't get excited. If you're not excited about it, you're not going to sound excited. Mm-hmm. We've all heard, heard the, the highlights uh, throughout the year, and for those who listen to the games as well, you just about lost your voice every game for the, what was being put on the field. We were drawn into matches that we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. We, saw, we saw things that we shouldn't. My, my young fella, uh, 10 years old, is a Warriors fanatic and uh, we were listening to SCNZ as I was taking him over to, uh, to his uh, oceans training, his uh, surf lifesaving, and he, we were talking about performance of the year, he goes, that's easy, Dad, it's three, straight away. I said, okay, what you got? He says, first, the Warriors against the Sharks. They come back when? In Australia, he, 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 we were mesmerized by that as you're watching. Mm-hmm. The, he then said Warriors versus uh, the Warriors versus Knights, obviously, just the occasion being there, that that was super special, being the, uh, the sold-out home final. And then he said Warriors versus Manly. I said, what made that one stand out? He said, Chance, Nickel Klokstad, never gave up. He talked about that charge down where he took the legs out of the, uh, the Manly yep. player. And that stuck in a 10-year-old's mind and his message he took out of it is, Chance Nickel Klukstad, the Warriors, never gave up. Now, that is not a message that has come out of a whole lot of Warriors seasons and I say that with the greatest of respect. People have thought, oh, they're not an 80-minute team. They can't go the full, full distance. There are many occasions, yep, they didn't beat Penrith, that's that's not exactly an exclusive club. So, and the Broncos uh, had their number this year. Storm had their number for a, a number of years, right? You're talking about three class mm-hmm. sides, class sides. uh a lot, you, you want to be better than them, and you want to be proven that to be the top team in this competition. But this is the team that was very nearly the worst team in the competition the year before. And if this is the knock we've got on them, is they can't beat the oh. three teams that finish above them. Yeah, lock lock me in, lock me in for sure. And the ticker showing through that. in the in the atmosphere. I've been at uh, Mount Smart Stadium now, Go Media Stadium, of course, where there was five of us. We could have, we could have had a bay each, right? There was <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was no one there in those private early bays. 90s. Yeah, and, and it was you know as passionate as that. You know, that's where they keep the faith period yeah, came yeah. from, because it yep. was those that they'll call the faithful, those who would come out and there wasn't a great deal of them. Not a lot of them that would come out, but that they, they, they were passionate and they made enough noise to be noticed. Now, when you are there and I've, I've seen members of the faithful from that time, and I've gone up, I've spoken to them at, at, at games and checked in on them. They are welling up with pride that the team that they stuck through all that time is now loved by everybody else and is no longer mm. A joke. You mentioned that they lost some games, uh, that South's game, a great example, it just felt like it it felt like the bubble could have burst there. Yeah. And the and the sellouts could have stopped. It didn't. The next home game still became a sellout, I'm pretty sure off the back it of the one. It did. You're correct, yep. So having all having all that in mind, the Warriors performing is one thing. The Warriors legitimately capturing Harps and Minds to the point where people could say the 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 tired phrase that was used against them of it's our year, right? Warriors fans coped it as a joke for years. Mm-hmm. If they're saying it's our year, people saying it's our year, people go, you know what, I can't believe them. And if people are saying about next year, no one's taking the piss out of them. No. That's, this, this is a remarkable scenario, but the Warriors have to make sure they get themselves in the scenario to bounce back. I call it second year syndrome in rugby league, and that's a big, big one oh, and it happens. Andrew Webster. It happens Massive. all the
0: time. Cowboys, um, Cronulla, they've all gone through that second year, um, not living up to the hype, And Cowboys in particular last year. Um but, you know, you're spot on with – and I've i been saying this all year when when people are talking about the rugby versus rugby league debate, and we don't really need to have that. But people get upset, the rugby side get upset and sort of say, oh, you know, why, is it, why, why can't we have both? Why can't we compare? And I've always said you need to understand where rugby league fans have been for the last 25 years, Sammy, and that's what you were just saying before – Ridiculed, made a joke of. If you're a Warriors fan, you're the, you're the laugh, laughing stock in the office. Um, and they had, they had to wear that for years and years and years. And some people fell off because it was you know they didn't want to be a part of that. A lot of people stayed with them. And now they're 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 at the top. And, and why not sing it from the rooftops? You know what I mean? Um, because that's what sport is all about: is going through those hard times make the the better times even sweeter. The day will come where the Warriors do win a premiership, whether or not it's next year or in 25 years. The day will come. Will. And it will make up. I'm telling you right now, it will make up for all of those years that have been so tough. The elation, it very, very emotional year. Charged, you know, charged with emotion every game. I was excited every game. You mentioned losing your voice, uh, or losing my voice. I think it was. Uh, there might have been it was the manly game where Neocorte went through um, yeah. you know to score that try just a, just Amazing. express pace um, to score that try and I, I did blow a gasket and that was what with three or four games to go um, I, I did something to my voice that night the next couple of games were just a struggle and I would lose my voice after like 20 minutes and then I'd be gone for like the days afterwards and I felt sort of felt it on my on my nodules in my throat I felt that there was something there and I ne- and literally it's taken me you know we're what two or three months now out of rugby league season it's taken that long for me to, for me to recover. So maybe there's a little bit of vocal coaching that needs to go on there in 2024. Make sure I uh, avoid avoid an injury. But the, the one last thing I wanted to touch on was, uh, the, you know, we, we made fun of it. Um, Jason Paris, the one New Zealand CEO, coming on with yep. us um, when he had put the tweet out about the cheating referees. Funnily enough, Sammy, the Warriors were three and five. Uh, when he posted that tweet, they then went eleven and two or something uh, following following the tweet. So maybe Jason Paris, little uh, under the table handshake there, fella for for helping the Warriors out in twenty twenty
1: three. Don't underestimate that. He copped plenty, and I think that he chose uh, a few words poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not going to stand here and defend him. I, I don't I don't um, put up with um, abusive referees, and I think some uh, some a little a few lines were crossed along the way there. But what he, what, uh, what he was talking about this for me that what hit home was a subconscious bias. Now, I don't think for a second a referee goes in there going, I, I want the Roosters to no. win instead of the Warriors. of course right? not. But they're a side that you're not used to, they haven't been under pressure for the calls. The, you don't, if you think for a second that the Melbourne Storm was, were purely successful because their players were very gifted on the field, you're missing the point. Cameron Smith broke referees' spirits. Cameron Smith would go up and be in their air so often that subconsciously you know do you know, do you know what that's not worth buying a penalty for I'm I'm I, I can't I, I can't stop him talking it's just, it gets exhausting mm-hmm. not they're not weak they're human referees and subconsciously in the back of your head is like is that worth blowing is that is that worth blowing I don't accuse I'm not accusing anyone of cheating the Warriors were a side that was easily easy to penalise because there was no blowback they don't live in New Zealand they don't wear the pressure that came with it no one in Australia ever stood up for uh, New Zealand copping uh, a bad call or otherwise they didn't feel that pressure no but you do when it's a, a sydney team or a brisbane team or whatever it is so I'm, I'm down with that now listen we i want to talk about a few other things in the rugby yep, world please so do. I, we're going to we're going to take sean johnson out of this because we just we all have glowing praise for that man achieved this year and uh, the Dell M thing uh, off the back of that I've actually deprioritized for me the value of the Dell EM um, the rugby league players association award is an MVP style award voted by the players rather than this like you can tell me that you know Sean Johnson like I said zero points like not getting a point out of a game he kicked the winning drop goal in if this is how you're a market and you can't control these factors uh by performance you, you should be shouldn't be judged in a fashion like that mm-hmm. and um Caden uh, Pong had an outstanding year, but he wasn't the best player in rugby league uh, for that no, year. No, no, so, hands down uh, not. So, uh, But outside of Sean Johnson, who stood out for you as a player within the Warriors in the NRL this year?
0: Gee, that's a that's a great question because you could pick a number of them. Um, I, I tend to lean towards Wade Egan uh, because I think... The stats or, or the games will show that the, where he went off injured, the periods where he had to spend time on the sideline, um, you know, because he had a few head knocks and stuff, the games that he missed, um, we missed him big time, and that might be a product of the fact that we don't have a, a, like the genuine number two, um, yeah, like depth is c- Correct, much, yeah. correct, but but I still think what he has offered the Warriors over the last couple of seasons, genuinely one of the best hookers in the NRL, like genuinely one of the best yep. hookers. Um, and you, you hear the, the thing is too, don't take it from me, listen to, um, you know, the the former. Players over an Aussie. listened to, um, I think it was uh, who was it at Melbourne? Uh, Welch, Christian Welch, yep. was talking about Harry Grant and said um, he studies Wade Egan. He said he studies Wade Egan. There's people that compare Wade Egan to Cameron Smith, you know, an in, in, in early sort of Cameron Smith. So I, I, I not underestimate his his value to the team. But like I said, you know, you could you could throw down Torhu, you could throw down Adam and you could throw down Chance, Chance, Chance for Reeford obviously. Um, and for for ticker and for putting putting some pride in the jersey, but um, I think I'm going to go for wait. Is that is that cheating because he's not a New Zealand player? Did you want me to, no, to no, go no, New no. Zealand player? No, no, no.
1: he's a Warriors player. Yeah. What about fine. you? Uh, I go for uh, Chance Nickel Cluxstad because of where he came from, but not just that. What Chance bro I talked to about my son before mentioning that his, his all round effort. What struck me is, and it might be sound like a strange reason for, for people, but after that smacking by the by the uh, Broncos, the season's over, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do when the season's over? You grab, uh, grab a lemonade, uh, you sit and talk, uh, and you you start to you know you do whatever. Yeah, there's a fantastic photo uh, that the Warriors put out of Charles Nickel Klukstad sitting down with his notebook, writing down the areas that he what he thought of his game, his notes, his feelings, and where he needed to improve. Wow, then you didn't saw, see you, that. You saw his performance as well in the uh, in the in what it meant to him to win. Uh, the player of the match in the Pacific Cup mm-hmm. final as well. Uh, you can see the way, like most people just say, oh, I just want to thank the sponsors, thank my family. He, he welled up with emotion and talked about that perseverance and that never giving up. Where he came from to where he was and the influence he had in that team. We are talking without even flinching, without even flinching about Roger Tuivasa-Shek going into a brand new position when he comes to rugby league. No one's challenging it because Chance Nuka Klukstad yeah. has earned that spot so yeah. dramatically. Think about that for a second. He was the heart and soul of the Warriors when he was there. He won the Delhi M in that position. Many consider him to be one of the best fullbacks to play for New Zealand. And we're not even talking about him going into that spot. For me, absolutely remarkable. Uh, we uh, would be uh, loath as well. Mm-hmm. We cannot uh, go past without quickly talking about the Kiwis. Yes. Um, and we'll be talking about them tomorrow because they are going to be finalists. They will be a finalist for either team of the year or surprise of the year it has to be for what they achieved New Zealand winning the Pacific Cup uh, amidst all the Michael Maguire drama to me is a, a memory I, I, I want to see the Warriors do well but I'll tell you every time if I can choose between a club doing well or the nation the Kiwis success means everything to me as a rugby league man and seeing them win that final after losing the game before, I didn't expect to win both uh, and I I, I said all along, get ready for the ambush, get ready for the ambush in Hamilton But, but no one saw that, that complete performance and utter disregard for reputation Staggering.
0: I uh, I'm in the same camp. I I said to Jimmy Smith, I made a deal with him, and he couldn't take it fast enough. I said the Kiwis will win in Hamilton. I think they'll come back and win in Hamilton. I said it to staff people. No one gave us a shout. And I think even the TAB, we were playing like four bucks or absolutely. something. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the Kiwi, look, if you're a if you're internet if you're a fan of international rugby, which you should be, because it is a fantastic product when it gets put on show. You know, specifically the Kiwi Australia rivalry. Um, you got to be excited because I think. The Kiwis are at the start of a very, very golden period here. When you look at uh, the players they've got, uh, they're able to pick from that are young, they've got years ahead of them, they're going to stay as a solid team. Now, this has always been, Sammy, the problem for the Kiwis when they go up against the Kangaroos. Those Kangaroos players know each other very well. Not only do most of them play Origin together, when you talked about the Kangaroos of old, where, you know, basically it was the Queensland side, but even now it's like, James Tedesco and, and um, say, Daily Cherry Evans right have been playing in the Kangaroos for five or six years. So, yep. yep, they don't play millions of games a year, but even two or three games a year over the course of five years. They've played 15-plus games together. Most of those Kiwis have never played with each other, right? Guys like Dylan Brown have never played alongside Jerome Hughes. They've never played with Chans at the back. It's 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 a real amalgamation that they get put together very quickly and are expected to deliver against a team that's well gelled. Now, the Kiwis are going to get consistency. they had the World Cup, they've had this Pacific Nations like i said the team will stay on for a couple of years because they're all young they'll be playing together and they're all quality i reckon you know we we could be at the beginning here of the kiwis maybe even dominating the the, the, the kangaroos or certainly challenging every single game we we should have you know that world cup final you know were, we we arguably played better rugby league and maybe semi-final, blew it in the yeah. last in the last ten, sorry semi-final we've right. played better rugby league except for maybe the last 10 minutes where we blew our opportunities and yet we had that game in the pacific um cup here where we where we lost in the first instance but the second instance is an example i think of what the kiwis are capable of and could be a sign of things to come you know over the next couple of years
1: yeah my greatest desire is for um rugby league fans across the uh, tasman to see that as the real contest of origin i know that'll take yep. uh, some yep. time but it, it, if they consistently start beating them for trophies they'll sit up and take notice australia does not take kindly Uh, to such defeat so uh we're going to continue talking about the world of rugby league after the break we've got uh, the chief executive of the warriors after a year that no one will forget no one will forget coming up cameron george after the break